0: Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word become to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. So we're on a journey from ashes to faith, to God, to Easter, to life. And we have been looking at how the journey begins not by me saying, I got to work harder to do more and please God, but to actually say, I, I can do it. I am powerless in my life to become that person, to live that life. I'm going to need help. And that leads directly into this very important next stage, which is to come to believe, I mean really believe, that there is one who has power, and he can, and he will. And so this is faith, very challenging in our day, so I'm eager to go after this one. Charles Taylor, a philosopher, has written a book called A Secular Age, and he notes that 500 years ago, it was very hard to be alive in the world and not believe in God. But in our day, for a whole lot of reasons, it's very hard for people to believe in God. We live in an age that just privileges faith. So I want to talk to you. If you find yourself skeptical, maybe you're troubled, maybe you really want to believe in God for good things, or maybe you're troubled that the church tries to get gullible people and and you prize skepticism. And if that's the case, I'm so glad you're in for this thing because uh, skepticism is really an important, indispensable quality of life and even of faith. That's what I want to talk about. The Gospel of John is framed by the story of two skeptics in the first chapter. It's a man named Nathaniel, and he's told by Philip, "We found the one that Moses talked about. He's from He's Jesus of Nazareth." And Nathaniel's response was, "Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth?" He was in a neighboring village uh, named Cana, and Nazareth had had several. Want to be failed messiahs already. And so Nathaniel's skeptical about this. I don't know. Philip says, come and see. Very important phrase. And Nathaniel does. And Jesus doesn't say, you miserable skeptic. I'm kicking you out. You didn't believe. He actually compliments him. He says, here is an Israelite in whom there is no guile. No deceit. He's really sincere. The end of the Gospel of John is the story of Thomas. You might know that one. He's told by the disciples, Jesus has risen, but Thomas didn't see. so I can't believe, till I see the wounds, till I put my hand in his side. And Jesus then makes a special appearance for Thomas. And he doesn't say, I'm kicking you out. He says, go ahead and look, go ahead and touch, and embraces Thomas. Skepticism is actually a very indispensable part of life. Uh, Its definition—I'm indebted to Dallas Willard for this—skepticism is an attitude that questions claims to knowledge. I don't know. What's your evidence? Uh, What's the foundation for this? And Dallas would say skepticism has two indispensable purposes that are very important. One of them is it calls into question or undermines illegitimate claims of authority. Knowledge confers power. I will do what my car mechanic says with my car. I'll do with my body what my doctor says. That's why knowledge is so hotly contested. And when authorities claim knowledge, they have power and they can misuse it. And they often do. So the church needs its skeptics. Nancy and so I've been watching a very powerful, very disturbing documentary called This Is Our Story about the history of the black church in America. And to see... Uh, countless Africans kidnapped and enslaved and then taught to become Christians and then taught that the Bible teaches that they are less than, that they don't carry the full image of God. There was actually a slave Bible that was created because people were concerned that if those slaves got the whole Bible, it could incite them to want their own liberty and their own freedom and to believe in their dignity and worth. So like they took out the whole book of Exodus because that's all about slaves being liberated from a tyrant. They took out anything that could feed slaves' sense of... And thank God there were slaves who were skeptics. I, said, I don't think this is true. I don't think that's what God can intend. Uh, uh, all throughout its history, Galileo, when he was told by the authorities of the church, you have to believe that the sun goes around the earth. What a good thing that he was a skeptic about that. Uh, so many young people in our day are troubled by... As a researcher at Tyndale University that talks about 500 different skeptics in the last election that claimed by the authority of God that they could actually predict who was going to win the presidency, and they were wrong, and the responses to that are quite often awful. Or young people who are told, if you want to believe in God, then you cannot believe in science, can't believe geology or cosmology or the age of the earth or biology. So skepticism... Uh, undermines those false claims of authority. That's a real good thing. The other thing skepticism does is it stimulates inquiry. See, for a skeptic, that response that was given to Nathaniel is just the right one. Come and see. And then faith becomes possible. Now, faith is very largely misunderstood in our day. Uh, Mark Twain, as you may know, said, Faith is believing what you know ain't so. And of course, that's very hard to do. Uh, when I was a kid, my dad used to read Alice in Wonderland to us. And there's a passage where the queen asks Alice, how old are you? Seven and a half exactly, Alice says. You didn't have to say exactly, the queen says. I could have believed you without that. I'll give you something to believe. I am exactly 101, five months and one day old. And Alice laughs, I can't believe that. And the queen says, oh, well, that's too bad. Try harder. Close your eyes take a deep breath and give it another shot. And Alice laughs, "Uh, it's no use. You cannot believe impossible things. And the queen says, I dare say you have not had much practice. I used to believe impossible things for a half hour every day. Sometimes I believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. Now, I've read online people who are like motivational coaches that say the point of that is, Practice believing impossible things. No, no, no. The author of that was a logician. The point is, the mind cannot believe impossible things by willpower. And it's very destructive to the mind to try to force yourself to will, to believe, that which does not make sense to you. We are to believe on the basis of reason and careful thought. And that's particularly true if you want to follow Jesus. Jesus would be the first person to say, you must follow the truth wherever it leaves. Leads, faith uh, is not believing for no good reason. Faith is reliance. Uh, to have faith is to rely on something. Now, in the in the New Testament, pretty much any time you see the word believe, the best way to translate it is to trust in, or to rely on. It doesn't primarily mean have a feeling of certainty. It means to rely on, and every human being must rely. Whether you think of yourself as religious or not, you have to live by relying because you have a future, and it is uncertain, and your, in my mind, is finite, not infinite. And so, if you're sitting on a chair right now, you are relying on that chair. Uh, There's lots of conversations in our day about deconstruction. That's a word way above my pay grade, but often it's thought to meant... Uh, you can see through any truth claim and recognize it's just a grab for power by the people that are making it. And you can say, you know, this is just the manufacturers of those chairs claiming that they can hold me up in order to make money. And they might be, but I gotta sit somewhere, see? I gotta stand on something. Skepticism is terribly necessary, but skepticism will not give me a place to stand. And to be skeptical about my faith uh, so that I am able to inquire about what is true so that I can find a place to stand is an indispensable part of the road to faith and what it is that we're going to be doing together. So here's my invitation for you today as we go from confessing our powerlessness to coming to believe. Today, be skeptical. Today, be skeptical. Be skeptical of John 3.16. You might put that verse, the most famous one in the Bible, like this, because God cared so much about the world and especially people. He gave his unique son that whoever relies on him won't perish, but will experience the kind of life that God himself experiences in eternity. Now, be skeptical about that and ask, has someone proven that that is not true? Is there a double-blind study in a peer-reviewed journal someplace? Be skeptical that there is a God. Our minds work much better when we're just relaxed about the truth and we don't feel forced or pressured that we have to believe something. We just pursue the truth. But then be skeptical that there is no God. Be skeptical of secularism. Let us say that secularism is true. And the universe got here by accident and it has no meaning there is no transcendent objective standard for good or for evil when you die you go out like a candle how shall you live what shall you do will that give order and coherence to your life be skeptical of that the ultimate uh, experiment the ultimate invitation comes from jesus in john 7 17 for anybody that's skeptical For anybody who doesn't know, Jesus says, whoever does the will of my Father will know if my teaching is true, if my teaching comes from God. So today, do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Jesus says, come and see, come and see. And if you live as I taught, and if you ask my help, you will come to believe. Today, come and see.